Because we don't like vowels on the show. No. Except for Y. We love Y. Y is a great vowel. Sometimes vowel. <laughs> whiskey, whiskey. The singer's getting sore. We raise the roof. Now we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast that tends to get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I'm the author of The Whiskey Cabinet, and my co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. You can also find our podcast on the website whiskey.buzz. If you want another song On and on goes the ringing of the bell Off we go, this song won't You know what's so funny is that like I bought a bottle of vodka for the first time in a really, really long time because um, my friend was coming over and she drinks vodka martinis and I mean, by vodka martinis, I mean I mean that very loosely. It's basically like chilled vodka in a... <laughs> in a martini glass but like of course um i like gin but i uh i don't have very good gin right now i'm mixing gin but not sipping gin because i do you yeah i mean do you do that whole um uh uh john john gruber from daring fireball he he has this great martini recipe i've learned from him um where he just basically uses vermouth as a wash and then every he just basically uses as a wash and it just throws out all the vermouth and just basically puts vodka and ice and mixes it all in that's exactly (laughs) how to do it that's exactly how to do it yeah just a rinse and um if it even if somebody i can't remember who it was that said this a trent says it all the time like basically if you're gonna make like a a great martini like you just glance at the bottle of vermouth from across the room and like that's as much vermouth as you need in your martini you just look at the bottle <laughs> just acknowledge its presence and then go ahead and pour yourself a, a, a like a finger or two of gin instead um but there is this oh god this is really gonna out me as a terrible television watcher but i love this show called southern charm and it's a reality show and the woman that's like the matriarch on the show is like my spirit animal her name is like patricia altschul and she's like this grand dame and she like she wears like the like show um you know her sort of in the morning and she's got this like beautiful dressing gown like robe on and she's just so like she's just such a she's such a delight to watch anyway so she she, she's got like this butler and she's always like calling him to make her like dressing martini she's like i'm ready (laughs) for my dressing martini that she has while she gets prepared for a night out and um the the butler like they you watch them make martini you you watch them make the martini which is you know always fun and exciting for me to see because I think that a lady like that probably knows her martinis very well and right. um, so they actually she uses the Lewis bag like well she doesn't make it herself never uh, but never. he <laughs> crushes the ice in a Lewis bag and then sort of um, puts like the gin on top of this mound of crushed ice so it's like super cold and I was like I gotta start doing that and wearing dressing gowns around the house (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking this up it's called Southern Charm yeah Southern Charm IMDb rated it at a 5.7 that's about yeah that's you know (laughs) That's in that kind of bad show range. That's still, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, but, um, you know. I have, yeah. there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I say just own it. If you love it, just love it. And you don't have to apologize. I, whenever people say guilty pleasure, I start just, I, I have this like reaction where I'm like, ah, 
I just love it. And it's probably terrible, but I don't care. I just love it. So embrace your guilty pleasures and just call them something you like. (laughs) I shouldn't be embarrassed by um, really enjoying Flavor Flav's uh, dating show back in the day. Oh, this again? you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, own it, Mark. That's perfectly fine. That's that's just great. I think you should totally own it. I mean, what? Who obviously other people enjoyed it because it was on television. Like somebody thought of putting it, you know. On your television screen. <laughs> so somewhere in there, there are other people that enjoyed it. I say go for it. Just, like, enjoy it. There's guilty pleasure. It just makes you feel so, like, sad. Just, Lynn, just, just, just like it. Yeah, that's true. Flavor of Love made it through three seasons, and it has a rating of 4.5 and IMDb. Wait, so Southern Charm, my TV show, beat Oh, yeah. Yours? It's, that, that's, yeah, Whoa. no, for sure. That, that I had no doubt about in the world. That was, uh. That was an easy one. <laughs> I like I love it because it was so um like the the cast was actually relatively like nice to each other. Like the, it wasn't all about being like super dramatic. So I sort of because I get really um cuz I also watch The Housewives, which is, you know, something I do. And I just find that the the constant like fighting just made me like twitchy. And so this, mm-hmm. but I do love reality TV. So I started watching the Southern Charm one and they're all like pretty nice to each other. And then like they didn't really like get into these horrible fights and, and things like that. So I don't know. It's just sort of appealed to me. And uh, everyone on there is like, super good looking, like super <laughs> good looking. So I was like, it makes me want to go to Charleston, South Carolina and uh, mm-hmm. hang out with all the good looking people and Patricia with her gin martinis oh my gosh man i feel like that's a part of the world that it just has so much to live up to Mm -hmm. like tv just their presentation on tv is so incredible Mm -hmm. i I just don't know i don't actually know if that place actually exists right like right i mean or or how would you be invited to these parties i guess would be the other thing kind of show up there be like you're not from around here you know, yeah, and that's it. They wouldn't. They, we probably wouldn't get invited. We wouldn't. No, I definitely wouldn't. No. And if I did, for some reason, scam my way inside, um, I'd, pro- I'd probably be kicked out for being obnoxious pretty quickly. <laughs> Somebody you would be like, some- you, you would be criticizing all the butlers, like, well, if you really want to make the martini, oh, you shouldn't I be putting know. crushed ice in it. Really, it's not a slurpee. <laughs> But, but I mean, it, you know what? I tried it myself and it's good because it's cold and like, that's very appealing, especially if you're, you know, if you're trying your best not to, I, like I did it with uh, the vodka and it was, um, it was good. I mean, the cold vodka is fine. You know, yeah, yeah, I know. and this is, by the way, episode thirty-five. Oh, we didn't do that <laughs> whiskey we? topic. We're... Oh, it's okay. It's everything's out of order. That's just fine. <laughs> um, and we're apparently talking about southern southern uh, drinks oh. and martinis and crushed ice and uh, vermouth. So this is, um, yeah, <laughs> that's where we started. We'll see where we end up. <laughs> oh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but this is the whole thing. Like, I'm mean, the whole thing of like watching TV shows and having, you know, and I, the same happens with food. People research the food really in depth and the drinks, and then people make drinks based on what's on the show uh, i think that's very very cool yeah um, yeah i mean like look at mad men uh, people credit it towards like basically kicking off the uh the cocktail like the classic cocktail sort of 2.0 so you know there's something incredibly powerful about like media and and what you watch on tv and stuff 
Yeah, I don't. I never give Mad Men enough credit. I, you know, we I did the whiskey tasting yesterday with uh, about Canadian whiskey um, at an event, and I never like I never really men- mentioned that aspect of it. But it's, it is a big part of why Canadian whiskey um, has evolved. Um, you know, I mean, sales wise, it's not it's still doing great. Um, but bourbon's definitely out winning it in, in the U.S. But um, it's still uh, Mad Men is a huge part of why Canadian whiskey is very popular, and that whole cocktail culture is just coming back strong. For sure, Don Draper drank a Canadian Club. I think there's actually a supercut on YouTube of all the times people drink in Mad Men, like every drink <laughs> that was ever taken in Mad Men, like the whole series, or maybe just a season. I don't know, but some for some reason that's like in my head. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, it was. I mean, like even just watching it on Sunday nights, you if you didn't have a drink, you were like, oh, I could go for a drink right now. Just well, we'll put that in the show notes on whiskey buzz, whiskey dot buzz <laughs> slash the whiskey topic, and we'll have it in there because that's uh yeah. I I watched that. It's so amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of which, I will segue into. Uh, an idea that I had for an article on whiskey.buzz, which is uh, the best old fashioned that you've ever had. And um, I would love if listeners would get in touch with me on Twitter at bourbon thing to tell me what makes the best old fashioned that you ever had and where you had it. And yeah, whether you're traveling or yeah, in your home city, exactly. however, exactly. Yeah. Like if you had, you know, this crazy, amazing old fashioned at an airport hotel bar, like I want to know that too. So, um, yeah, and uh, just buzz me on uh, at Bourbon Thing, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on old fashions because they're my favorite cocktail, and I sort of want to compile maybe a list of bars that I have to visit. <laughs> around the around, world really, really yeah. around the world like i you know i'm you know it's a hard I mean, job that, that, i guess someone it is it is and those experiences aren't just about the drink they're also literally about the experience who you were with what, what the bartender said what the atmosphere is um so it's not only about the drink um but mm-hmm. i had this discussion the other day um do you think because i think i mean do you think like old between the old-fashioned and the manhattan i think there's a lot of like if you like old fashions you like Manhattan's and vice versa but you're there's always going to be your primary go to mm-hmm. it'll either be an old fashioned or a Manhattan mm-hmm. um, and mine's definitely the Manhattan mm-hmm. like that's that's definitely where I lean towards and I enjoy a, a great old fashioned as well uh, but between the two I always go oh, Manhattan mm-hmm. I know and I always go old fashioned um, what is that what well, like what I don't understand yeah I mean I think I, I, I'm guessing it has to do with um, I, it's not really sweetness. I mean, the old fashioned is sweeter, but it's not a. It's still a boozy drink, right? So it doesn't have anything to do with like booze content, um, flavor wise. But it is a little sweet. I mean, it's, I guess the so? sweetness thing. I always thought Manhattan. No, I always I'm, sometimes I find Manhattan's yeah. to be sweeter. So. See, that's you're right. It's you're right. It's, I mean, it's got simple syrup and it, so it's got sugar. But, right. Right. Um, but you can. But a lot of Manhattans are made with very sweet vermouths and. Um, and you do get, and, and you do get kind of a, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, taste for taste. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, it's, maybe it's like that sort of, well, like, so the old fashioned, you know, has that sort of like orange zest and that sort of orangey brightness to it where the Manhattan's sort of like a little deeper and it's got sort of the, the cherry plummy notes. And so like, it's sort of. You know, I guess maybe just what your palate prefers. Like, I find that Manhattans sort of stick around a little bit longer for me mm-hmm. than like an old fashioned. Old fashioned feels sort of like um, 
it just feels maybe brighter is the word that I'm looking for. It just feels like a little like my friend when when I sort of was texting back and forth with her about her favorite old fashioned, she said uh, she said like it it tasted like sunshine or something, which is like okay. <laughs> super charming of her to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did <laughs> she say? Um, oh, uh, she said it was bright and smelled delicious like summer. Ah, oh, see, Mandy should be writing for our website. <laughs> she should be. That's a lovely description. But lovely, it's and lovely. that's that's sort of like how I do I, I feel about them. They're very uh, bright and yeah. Uh, maybe it's just that. And and maybe that's the answer because I, I do think overall the old fashioned is a more complex, well thought out drink when done right. It has it has more flavors, but if you're not too big into cocktails, the Manhattan's like, yeah, boom, it just kind of mm-hmm. serves the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's the I think I think I need to drink more old old fashions. I think I got to replace my Manhattan orders with old fashions, and and see how I feel about it because it's uh, for me Manhattan's easy to make at home, so it's an easy cocktail for me to make here, um, and also it's just easy for me to order outside. Um, and unless bar, you know what the other thing is, I can always ask for the kind of Manhattan I want, and I usually get what I like, even right. if I'm at a bar where I'm not sure. Uh, but if, you know, an old fashioned, there's so much you could mess up in an old fashioned. So yes. much. Yes, there is. And I've seen some pretty hilarious interpretations of old fashions. Like, I think we were laughing about it once where I saw on Facebook some somebody that I had to delete because it was so terrible right. uh, was making batches of them in like a plastic juice jug. And I was like, okay, no. 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 Um, but I've had some pretty pretty nasty interpretations of old fashions uh trent was telling me once about how he kind of got like a hybrid manhattan slash old fashioned once which sounds like a terrible <laughs> drink that sounds horrible <laughs> yeah and you get with weird garnishes sometimes and you're like really this okay hotel bars are great for that or sort of like i mean i love hotel bars more than anything yeah um i really love to like go visit a nice hotel bar and like i just find them to be fascinating places uh but sometimes depending on the hotel you get quite the um quite the interpretation and one thing that i know like that sort of always is the same about hotel bars is that that terrible ice (laughs) right oh that's so true they always use that ice you know exactly what i said like those little square ones like the one like basically the ones that you get from the vending machine and that's like your entire old-fashioned is like filled almost to the brim with that vending machine ice and you're like all right well this is what it is (laughs) <laughs> and it's melting, and you you start smelling like the chlorine off of it because it's not even filled. Like, ah, oh, I I really know that the whole clear ice uh, thing is is interesting because you do. Um, that's what you're trying to get rid of those impurities, and yeah, eventually, like if those that hotel ice typically does have that just smells a little oh, bit of chlorine, yeah. brings up all these other flavors. Who knows where that ice has been through, or that ice? The uh, what's that ice when they have like the um they're like they're they're have a hole in the middle they're like round like cylindrical uh, yes what the hell yes. is up with that ice who even thought of this <laughs> who thought of that no i know exactly what you're talking about it's got that like it's like a square but in the middle it's like there's like a a, a cylinder dug out of it and it's like super soft too like yeah. you can just eat it super easily which i love that part's fun yes <laughs> that's the best part um the worst part is that when it gets into your drink and you're like, this is the worst ice. But there's like, there's two, those are the two worst kinds of ice, I think. 
like I, I'm sure there's like I'm sure the reason why hotels use that is that it's just easier to make ice very quickly. Whatever whatever system they're using, it's oh, really sure. really easy. Um, but no, no, it's a, just a terrible drinking experience. That's right. That's right. And the the the, the like, who, what hotel am I thinking of? Um, there's like basically like you can sort of go either way on these like hotel bars. You can end up at like the Ritz Carlton with like you know they're making like tiki drinks. Um, at their, like, at one of their spots. And then you can end up, you know, at, oh, I don't even know, like, uh, the Intercontinental or something. And they're yeah. using the vending machine ice and putting maraschino <laughs> cherries as a garnish in your old fashioned. Now I sound like a snob. Oh, you do, Jamie. You're, oh, oof. oh. <laughs> you don't like yourself very much right now. I just, like, <laughs> stop obsessing over uh, it's okay it's good it's good we, we know there's got to be there's got to be perfectionists in, in every in every sphere <laughs> um I, and then that's what i look to i think you know in life you kind of want to know perfectionists that like thought this about this like 20 more times than you have and be like well i agree with them 90 percent of the time so they you know this is an okay decision to me right. you're like you know um what are you drinking or are you drinking Jane? i am i am i'm having a little tiny pour of highland park um 12 year because it was just when I, I literally just grabbed a bottle off my shelf as I walked into my office. So um, <laughs> it was the one I grabbed um, and uh, haven't taken a sip of it yet. I'm just really just taking my time. Ah. <laughs> taking my time today at 1.20 p.m. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, so we're both drinking single malts. That's awesome. We I'm, are. I thought, I'm drinking yeah. the uh, Bowmore uh, Tempest uh, 10 year old uh, okay. cast strength, um, cast strength. bourbon barrel. Yeah. It's Wednesday. I know. It's not 55.9%. <laughs> you know, I'm a big, big fan of the Tempest series and um, Bowmore. Um, it's not really like, it's not meant, intended to be a high peat drink. Uh, not that Bowmore is in general, but um, it is so lovely and it's strong and it gives you kind of that. Um, you know, bourbon drinker. You, you had it in my place last time, I think. I can't remember. Um, but it, <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was a night. Jeez. Um, but the um, the it does give you kind of like that higher proof, uh, woody spiciness to it. But it's definitely on the nose. It's a single malt. It just it's a very intense single malt nose. Um, it's like okay, I'm drinking scotch. I get it. And then you taste it, and just like boom, it hits you. Um, you know, it is. It's a little strong. It's a little younger than than to make. It's not quite perfect in every single way, but it's just it's just a nice enjoyable ride, and it's great. And and quite enjoying it. I've came back to the LCBO. Comes back. You know, once uh, every year it comes back and. Um, this is the, I don't know, they number these releases. So this is whatever this year's release is. Nice. Yeah. I probably, I think I did have it. I think I did have it at your house. I'll have to go revisit it. That, see, that's the thing. Sometimes um, because I, I don't pay enough attention to your whiskey cabinet, I, like if I was like at a whiskey show or someone who I didn't know maybe as well or whatever, I'd probably write down all the whiskeys that I had. <laughs> That is construction in my house, by the way. <laughs> like somebody knocking on it's, your No, way. it's actually my ceiling. And so they're replacing the floors upstairs. I feel like everyone has been on this journey of like <laughs> construction with me. I really, I really feel like we all deserve like my building's management to give us like visa gift cards for our like for our time and effort that we've sat with all this knocking it's driving me crazy oh yeah i mean it's like monday i am like jamie oh can we record God. today and you're like no i'm not going to be home all day i'm like okay <laughs> construction i know 
it's awful. I mean, it's great because the building's getting nicer, but come on. Like, yeah. there's only so much knocking on my ceiling that one can take. It's, and I start to think it's like the door. And so I'm like running around with like no pants on being like, hold on a minute. And then there's no one there ever because it's my ceiling that they're knocking on. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So when I, um, you know, go somewhere else and I like write down you know, all the whiskeys that I've had so that I sort of have an idea of what I've had and what I haven't. But I've tried so many at your house. and I'm always like, oh, it's just Mark's collection. Like, I'll remember. I'll remember. And then I never do. And then I come over and I'm like, where'd this come from? And you'll be like, oh, you had it last time you were here. And I'll be like, of course I did. I totally remember that. Um, so um, I was really thrilled. Uh, last week I got to see um, see and taste the Norland whiskey glass. Uh, I was super excited about that. The um, uh, I'm not familiar with Norland. They are started a kick, uh, Kickstarter uh, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and they're up to they've raised their goal was seventy five thousand dollars, and they raised uh, now at over two hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, when I wrote the article November sixth, November fourth, rather, they were at one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Um, so this is a really successful whiskey-related um, launch. And, um, and the fact is, it's about glassware. This is the most amazing thing for me ever. Like, glassware is becoming important enough that it's a Kickstarter project and it raised $200,000. And it's still growing. So who knows what it'll have when they close wow. up. But it'll be a lot of money. Yeah. Good for them. That's really exciting. So you got to try it out. Yeah. Um, so we, I got to try it out. The I met uh, the uh, COO. Uh, of the company in Toronto at a bar, and we started pouring whiskey into it and getting a feel for it and uh, and the whole thing. So the, I'll I'll describe the glass a little bit if you're not familiar. It's basically, on the inside, it looks a little bit like a Glencairn glass in shape. It's got kind of a tulip shape, but it's um it's a little larger, so it's not quite as tulipy as a Glencairn would be, and it's it's wider, so it's not as uh, it's not as narrow on the top. Um, and unlike a Glencairn glass, it kind of comes out towards the, like kind of spouts outwards towards the rim. And then it's really made of two sides of glass. So that there's an outside glass that envelops everything. And there's just, you know, there's just air in between those two points. Um, so it's, it's a really light kind of glass. It feels more like a, a, like a rocks glass. It's not quite as thick as one, but it feels like a rocks glass. Um, but on the inside, it's more narrow and it has these, um, these wedges along the side, which, um, uh, which are the whole intention behind the glass is that if you love swirling whiskey, it's those edges are going to like pop a lot of the alcohol out. The whole idea behind the glass is to reduce the alcohol content of the whiskey, but to maintain the flavor of it. Like that, that's the, uh, and, and you know, they have the Kickstarter has the, they have a bunch of, um, I will put these in the show notes as well, but they have a bunch of graphics describing what they're doing and how, you know, shaking the glass, swirling the glass rather, how, what happens with the ethanol and with the uh, flavor components of whiskey and how that works out and the pros and cons of different glasses. Very cool. And so, so you did a comparison between the Norland glass and a Glencairn glass? Yeah, yeah. So I, I had them, I had them both and um, did a comparison of what everything tasted like. Um, and it was, it was interesting. So, I mean, I, I should, I should preface this by, you know, there's two types of whiskey drinkers, whiskey drinkers that swirl and kind of really do want to remove ethanol from the glass and swirling is a great way to do it. The alcohol molecule, boom, evaporates out. You're, you're lowering the alcohol content. Um, and you're doing it without, um, watering it down, without putting ice in it. You're, you're just, you're, you're doing it, I guess, more naturally. Um, and the whole idea is the, the concept is that a normal kind of tasting glass, um, both the flavor and the alcohol will come out, uh, but I'm not of that. I'm not of that um, 
you know, I'm not, not of that style. I, I don't like swirling my whiskey. I want all that flavor in there. I find if I swirl it too much, um, the uh, for me the drink starts tasting flat. Um, I, I miss that that bit of that that uh, component from the alcohol. And so my mind hasn't really changed on that. I used the Norland glass, um, and I found that it the flavors were different. They were very they're poppy. It was like a very kind of impressive glass for like when you first pour it in. Um, it has a bit of a poppier nose and kind of everything kind of pops a little brighter. Um, but it is because that higher evaporation rate's happening. So that yeah, that initial smell and that initial drink is really great. Um, but it does it does go flat quicker. I, I think it does anyway. Like I said, I've only had I only used the glass for an hour, which seems like a very long time to be drinking whiskey. Um, but I would think um, I'd need like you know days with it, right? Just to kind of do a real good pro and con comparison. But yeah, and I mean they definitely on the website they'll tell you why rocks glasses aren't great, and I and I agree with that as well. Like the rocks glasses really just kind of all the flavor just evaporates. So yeah, I'm, you know, I think this is a good glass. I think, um, I'm going to want to try to use it, uh, in tastings where, um, I have like people that are new to whiskey. Um, like, you know, the tasting yesterday, there was a guy that was just a vodka drinker. He's like, I just like my vodka. And he found the whiskey too strong. Um, I'm curious if this glass would change that experience for him. So you would try the same whiskey in the Glencairn and then in the, in the Norlin glass. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, got it. So- okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did try to Knob Creek and Brook Laddie, uh, Classic Laddie. So those are the two I, I did a compare compare on. I um, didn't really notice a lot of difference on the Knob Creek. Uh, Knob Creek's a little like quieter on the nose. It's not, it's not as like kind of complex and floral. Um, uh, Brook Laddie definitely was. And that's where I thought I got the more more of the pop, more of the zest out of that um, out of that Brook Laddie. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting concept. I'm, I'm you know even though this isn't probably the whiskey glass I'm gonna do uh, whiskey tastings out of specifically. Um, I'm definitely a supporter. Um, I'm on board. I'm curious to see how the product goes, and I'm also curious. I mean, these guys. Um, so I met with. Uh, Shane and the COO of Norland Glass. Um, there's a whole design team here, and um, they first like did like a, a, a laptop stand, like I, th- I think for for MacBooks. Um, that was kind of their first project, and uh, for them though, they're really passionate about this about glassware and the design, and they're really rethinking the way it does. So. Um, I think the Kickstarter doing so well is great because they're a very creative force and they're very design focused um, and they're going to go into other, you know, other venues. And so the fact that they raise so much from Kickstarter means that they have the opportunity to more, be, be more independent, um, you know, not necessarily be as dependent on investment dollars and they can do this more th- themselves. Um, and I'm really like, you know, I, I can't really talk about, you know, future products, uh, but I did, you know, I, I'm just very excited about what they're where they're going with this and what they're what they're planning to do. So yeah, I, I thought it was great. And like I said, disagree with the philosophy of, um, you know, like I think if you if you drink alcohol over forty percent uh, or over eighty proof um, already, like if you're drinking high proof bourbon, this is probably not going to be the glass for you. Um, but I think it's a curiosity, and I think it's a glass that will have a purpose. And I think it's a, a really well thought out design. And, and you know, they had um, um, they definitely had. Uh, a lot of uh, people support them. Um, Heather Green being one of them, she uh, she's tried the glass and was really uh, a big into it as well. And uh, Jim McEwen as well uh, from Brooklady, the uh, whiskey maker there. He's on their uh, bo- both Heather and, and Jim are on their uh, feed on their on their YouTube video, and they both spoke very well of the glass as well. So it's definitely it's going to have an impact on the whiskey world, I'm sure. And you wrote um, you wrote an article about it for Whiskey.Buzz, and we'll put those in the show notes as well so that people can check it out. 
I mean, it's, yeah. nice, it's nice to have a new sort of whiskey glass. Like, it's, I think it's something, you know, we sort of don't get very often. Wine, wine people have all their many, many different glasses. I think you mentioned this in your article, but, I mean, we sort of have, you know, as far as tasting goes, we don't have a lot of different um, kinds of glassware. We've got our, which, I mean, well, that's not true, actually. We've got that... Um, yeah, we've got, like, the neat glass. Yeah, the neat glass. That's I was looking yeah. for the, the actual. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the neat glass. I think that's the neat glass is, is exactly the kind of glass I don't want to use. Right. It's, got, uh, it's too broad on the bottom. It's, it's for, for my drinking anyway, it's too broad on the bottom. It's not really, it's just that the flavor doesn't work um, for me. The um, There's the Canadian Glencairn glass, which is very similar in design. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the, uh, I always forget the name of them. There's these kind of really, they're very cool glasses. They've got... Um, Almost shaped like a Glencairn, but smaller, and they don't have a stem. They they just kind of sit flat on oh, the yeah. glass. Uh, I I love those glasses. Um, I know Davin uh, that's been on the show previously. I know that's the glass Davin prefers to drink whiskey out of, um, and they're really tough to get. I've I've been trying. To, I have one here, um, but I've been trying to get more, and it's just really tough to get. Um, you know, I think this is something that I explored in the book a little bit, and probably not enough because there wasn't as much available at the time. But you know wine drinkers drink wine differently and you know that's not to say you can't drink a white wine or red wine in the same glass i mean i i certainly mm, do um, i do too right but if you're if you're super into wine um glassware becomes a very big topic because now you're you know you want your merlot or your pinot noir you want that the, the certain flavors to be brought out and um i think the same thing can be said for whiskey and different types of whiskey um, you know, um, Glenlivet is a great example of a whiskey to me that, um, you know, if you go to Glenlivet tasting, they always say, well, you know, most, Scot- most, Scots, most Scots drink half water, half whiskey. And Glenlivet actually does, for me, taste better, watered down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it does actually, I think it has, like Glenlivet has, tends to have a lot of, a lot of kind of bitter notes towards the end that uh, that finish isn't quite nice. But when you put water into it, you, you, you dilute that enough that you get more of the kind of zesty aroma and zestiness of the drink without having that little unpleasant bitterness at towards the end. So there are definitely, you know, different drinks are, are shine better under different conditions. And, um, you know, um, so yeah, I, I still like that. My, my favorite method still is the warming of the glass. I think if, yeah, if you find a sh- drink too sharp, warm the glass a little bit. And I think that's causes enough of that ethanol evaporation that the drink will calm down and will, and then you can kind of control the rate of how much you evaporate. And the same is true with swirling, right? If you swirl the glass, you're starting to control how much evaporation you want, and you can just, you know, do that. But, again, we're talking about very, you know, mm-hmm. whiskey geek deep stuff. Yes. And You're getting pretty geeky over here. I know. No, and I love it. It's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I drink wine, and, and I certainly don't drink – I certainly don't drink uh, beer in different types of glasses. But beer, beer also has different glassware. That's right. Totally. So, um, well, I yeah. can't think of anyone better to, like, get geeky with the new glassware than you. Yeah. I can't wait to try one of these glasses when they come out. Yeah, I'm. I, they're they're not going to be out till like oh man, I think it's like April of next year. Okay, all right. So it's going to be a while. Um, but um, I'm just super thrilled they they've succeeded in that. Yeah, so. that's that's a huge. They just blew past their goal. Awesome. There's another thing that you posted on Whiskey.Buzz that was um, about the wholesaler and the retailer drama going on, sort of in the states. Yeah, you know, actually, that's good, because we, we've talked about this topic a few times, uh, about how, um, you know, 
especially specifically to, to Pappy Van Winkle and Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, but also uh, Heaven Hill. Uh, their new, they just launched Lodge Craig, the, the older whiskeys, uh, single barrel whiskeys again, and the demand and how um, how crazy it is. And so uh, a lot of this comes from um, uh, a lot of this comes from the stories I've been hearing, um, where you have you know trucks that were delivering Pappy leaving uh, warehouses, the wholesaler on the wholesaler side, and then just have several cars following these trucks, insane, bribing, attempting to bribe the drivers, like when the drivers would pull off, you know, for, for fueling or whatever, attempting to bribe the truck drivers for Pappy Van Winkle, just, and just even in some cases, just offering money just to know where they're going. And then camping outside the liquor store, knowing that that Pappy arrived on the delivery. And I mean, it's insane, but it's also driven by this aftermarket because you can buy, you know, a hundred dollar Pappy Van Winkle or $200 Pappy Van Winkle and you could sell it for a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. You know, you buy a case, that's a lot of money in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this aftermarket is really driving these prices and it's completely illegal. I mean, you can trade whiskey. I think this is like, I'm not a lawyer. So again, I don't know anything about us law specifically. Uh, but as far as I know, you can trade whiskey and that's probably okay. So, you know, that's okay. But to actually make profit and if you're not a reseller, if you're not a license reseller, um, you know, it, it's has a lot of legalities, um, which is okay. Uh, it's just more the point that it just really raises the prices of whiskey. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, look at look at. Well, I mean, again, we've we've talked about this a little bit before, but like, you know, we sort of rail on about the LCBO and their, you know, stranglehold. Um, but also, the other side of the coin is that you couldn't afford to get a, you know, Pappy Van Winkle or an E.H. Taylor from an American store either. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's hard to say, like, which one is better, especially with the, in the middle of this whiskey craze. But I, I, I do have, like, a small rant to make right now because it's... Oh, perfect. <laughs> dun, is, that, dun, dun. is that what you really think? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are so funny because I'm, I, was, I read that article and then I was talking to someone yesterday as, as well about um, when the... Japanese whiskey came out at Spirit of Toronto. And then from reading this article. Okay, so, like, I'm a big fan of, like, boy bands, right? Like, I love boy (laughs) bands. I think they're great. You know, I was, like, a totally hysterical teenager, like, just, you know, screaming and, and, you know, running after tour buses and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, girls who love boy bands get a really bad rap. But mm-hmm. what? How is this kind of hysteria? Like literally, this like pushing, shoving at the table at Spirit of Toronto, where they had to take the whiskey off the table because <laughs> so many people were shoving and like getting out of control that they had to be like contained. And then people like driving their cars after like you know the whiskey equivalent of a boy band tour bus, right. like driving. Like how is this any different? Like, this is hysterical. This is insane. It's insanity. So, like, I never want to hear people going, like, oh, you know, these girls, I love One Direction. Like, they're so crazy. Like, they're just, like, screw. Well, excuse me, sir. But, uh, you know, as you get in your car and you run after a truck full of whiskey, I'd like you to keep that in mind. <laughs> right. No, you're absolutely right. I think there's a great article of uh, somebody wrote was, like, we should stop making fun of 
teenage girls that love boy bands. This is something we I should agree. just stop doing. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's it's uh, oh because we view view these things through the male eye. Like you have men writing about this stuff, and they're like, oh, guy lined up for three days for exactly. Glenfiddich fifty that cost him you know twenty eight thousand dollars. Exactly. Oh wait. Oh that's 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 sure that's news. And then you have the opposite of like girls go nights and chase chase after yes. boy band. Yes. And, I and, camped and, out for tickets for Backstreet Boys too. Like it's the same. What's the difference? Like what? Is yeah, there's it? no difference. There's it's no a difference. passion. It's a passion. It's it's a passion, and um and and yeah, I think it's whiskey has like oh, this is a very distinguished right. passion. This is like very like you know you, you do not have this passion at a younger age. This is you you, you earn right. this passion through life experiences. <laughs> um, but no, it's all bullshit. It's all it's absolute bullshit totally. um, in every way, shape, or form. It is, and yeah, I agree. It's it's hysteria is what it is. It's it is like and here I'm I'm not one to I you know ran after a tour bus or two in my day and you know like i i'm not here to judge i just think that it's like it's so funny and you like totally hit the nail on the head when you're like oh this is a you know this is a distinguished hobby of people who (laughs) you know are very fancy and but meanwhile they're you know bribing people and it's like there's this whole like separate sort of like seedy kind of piece to it that exists um, and oh yeah! Could you imagine if uh, somebody paid, like, waited three days for a Taylor Swift concert and paid thirty thousand dollars for a ticket? The the media would just—they would go nuts. They, they would, would go, go nuts. nuts. They were like, "Why would you waste all this money on, you know, right. on, on, on a two-hour concert?" Meanwhile, a bottle of whiskey probably would take you about two hours throughout a lifetime to drink as well. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 funny. It's it's, it's yeah. But yeah. it was it was a really interesting um, article. Uh, sort of the the lengths people are going and and sort of um, you know how bendy. Uh, some of these uh, wholesalers are uh, wholesalers. Yeah. Yeah. How like the rules are getting like stretched pretty far, you know, to maybe not illegal necessarily, but like definitely shady practices. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, and we were, uh, you know, I don't know if we were, we were kind of wrong. And at least I was sorry, I was trying to say I we I was uh, kind of wrong in some of my assumptions before I did, uh, you know, we talked about this topic a little a couple of times in the podcast. Um, and um, I've always assumed that when we talk about the shady practices, we're saying the wholesalers will be like, oh, you know, if you put a big like advertisement of this kind of drink, we'll give you more Pappy or more Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. And, you know, we kind of have to be careful of how we say these things because we should say no wholesaler. We, I don't know of any wholesalers that are making this a policy, but we, but there are, you know, you do hear about individual salespeople that are trying to push specific products and trading, you know, these, these rare whiskeys for it. Um, but, you know, I always assumed these deals benefited Sazerac Company, the company that owns Buffalo Trace. But that's not even the case. Um, you, it doesn't really, you know, the, the, some of these sales, salespeople are like, well, look, sell vodka from a completely different company. Just sell this flavored vodka, put a nice display case, you know, like some of these whiskey stores will, or liquor stores will have like those display areas where you literally display and highlight a whiskey. So like, like, so highlight this vodka for us. And you're going to, if you do this, you'll get, uh, you know, Pappy or you'll get Antique or Heaven Hill or, or whatever sort some sort of rare whiskeys. Um, and so, yeah, Sazerac and, and Heaven Hill aren't necessarily even benefiting from these relationships. Right, right. Um, which is crazy to me. I mean, this is, not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure it's perfectly legal. It's just, you know, I mean, wholesalers, um, I, I think the best way to put it is wholesalers don't control the price. Um, so that's set by 
the companies that sell it, wholesalers, uh, so Heaven Hill, Buffalo Trace, all that, they, they control the price, but whole, wholesalers decide where the product goes. And so they're leveraging that decision-making um, to, you know, and that makes sense. They're, they're leveraging that, the better product for, you know, resellers that are, that are doing well uh, for them. Whatever that means, whether right. that means they're selling a lot of vodka, a lot of whiskey, a lot of wine, right. uh, whatever that means for them. And that's, you know, that makes sense. I'm kind of on a higher level that, that yep. makes sense. Yeah. So, um, but the reality is there's so little now that it's it's not even, and I always get this asked this question, like, is it just marketing and gimmick? I'm like, no, no, it's not. They, they could make five times more happy. They can't, but let's say they could have you know, increase, quadruple the uh, Pappy products, they would still not be enough. You know, there just wouldn't be enough. Right. It's going to be really interesting and, you know, to see what sort of happens, um, you know, over the next couple of years. Like, I think we've said it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. But then we're, you know, it, it's incredibly hard to plan for this sort of um, phenomenon that's happening right now. And, uh I mean, nothing lasts forever, and there's always going to be, you know, something that's the next big thing, that's the next, you know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the timing of, you know, the this glut of whiskey where most distilleries are, are just churning out 24-7, um, if it's going to coincide with maybe, you know, the tail end of the whiskey craze, or maybe whiskey craze isn't whiskey craze, and this is what to expect from now on, or if the whiskey craze is going to, you know, be... 20 years strong so like it'll be really interesting to see what 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 sort of happens uh over the next little while yeah i i'm very positive about whiskey um i think there's uh authentic quality to whiskey that i appreciate i think a lot of whiskey drinkers really appreciate that authenticity to the product and you're just not going to get that same level of authenticity with a lot of other uh, competing uh, spirits um, certainly not with vodka, um, but I mean, certainly rum is is a, a very good competitor to whiskey, um, but they don't quite have those the regulations, uh, you know, we, we, uh, around what rum is and how to define rum. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like what, you know, I think that there's, you know, for the most part, people, you know, when you look at like the masses, like the popularity of spirits right now. We live in a bit of a bubble being in the city, so we sort of yeah. have access to this bar culture that I just don't think exists necessarily, you know, in the suburbs or anywhere else. So it'll be, and I mean, in terms of, you know, what what's going on out there and whether or not people, you know, in the suburbs are going to buy, um, you know, whiskey and, and, you know, for their barbecues in the summer. I say that mm-hmm. like that because I don't have a barbecue and I'm really jealous. <laughs> there are right. barbecues in the summer. Arr, those barbecues. jerks with their backyards and their... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know because I feel like, you know, we will always be, you know, looking for sort of that experience and people that sort of um, are invested in bar culture and um, that sort of thing will be looking for something that whiskey will always be able to provide. But whether or not, you know, other people want to continue buying um, whiskey will be really interesting to see. Like, or, you know, maybe people will turn towards gin again or yeah. I mean they already sort of are like you know what's what are what are people that don't live in this little bar scene bubble drinking 
or not yeah. like not the whiskey bubble drinking. It's well, a- and I think yeah, it's it's interesting because I think the you know you you see this in cities as well a little bit. So um, you know in Toronto. Um, a lot of people that used to live downtown are now moving into like kind of Leslieville. It's just east of the city. It's a well, part of Toronto. It's just a, it's a, a thing. And then you'll see like Leslieville, like the Loblaws there, the gro- big grocery store there is now bringing in like, you know, organic everything and like 40 day age steaks. And, you know, they're really kind of, they're taking that audience that lived in downtown. That was very, it's very, it was very important for them to eat, you know, farmed, well farmed, you know, traceable meat and you know, where it comes from. Um, more higher-end products, and now they're bringing it to where the, their families, now they're going into Leslieville, and they're having families, and they're having, you know, they're having kids, and they're wanting the same products. And I think suburbia generally seems to, and again, this is not even remotely my area of expertise, uh, but suburbia generally does seem to kind of lag behind in that respect, because then you have, like, the people from the downtown that eventually have to move out. Um, and they affect where what they're doing, um, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's going to be really, really interesting. Hey, maybe if there's a huge glut in, you know, six or seven years and people aren't, you know, loving and people have moved on to other spirits, that's just more for us. Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say it's going to be great for us. Well, we'll just have more good whiskey to drink. Yeah. And maybe we'll start like rm.buzz <laughs> or gn.buzz. Um because we don't like vowels on the show. No. Except for Y. We love Y. Y is a great vowel. Sometimes vowel. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think that's it's going to be a fascinating, uh, fascinating look. I, but I do think this is a good, good trend. Um, and I'm very much for it. And, you know, I mean, beer culture is going through really great. Mm-hmm. You know, beer culture is going through great uh, lengths as well in this area. Um, and wine culture. I mean, I think, you know, wine's probably a even better example because wine was so big in the 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. Um, just that that interest and fascination with wine, um, and that continues to grow. I mean, I don't think I don't think wine's doing too badly still, even oh. though that maybe that focus isn't on as as strongly on wine these days. Yeah, and I mean it's so interesting because again, like it's just this city bubble. I forget sometimes because you get to be sort of a, a brat about. I mean, like Mark, you called Leslieville east of Toronto, like <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm the worst. That's I'm the a, worst of the worst. That's like that's a super snooty downtown thing to say. I used to live in Leslieville too. I love Leslieville. Like I love Leslie. Like, Leslieville's fantastic. No, no, no. It's fine. And like my friend is moving up to like like far, which is like it's not actually that far. It's still a subway say. line, but. <laughs> But she was like, are you going to come visit me? And I was like, no, absolutely not. It's so no. far. It's so far. Um, but I mean, like, you know, you, you we sound a little bit like, you know, snooty downtown people. But to acknowledge, oh, my God, there's a guy riding a bike on the Gardner Expressway. Oh, God. That, In ca- for good. those of you who do not know, the Gardner Expressway is like a like a multi-lane highway. Wow, he wasn't even exiting. Uh, yeah, it's it's like above. It's like a um, it's a, it's like a on you know it's like a raised highway. It's a raised say. highway, and it's right outside my window. And so you can't just kind of get off. You can't. You, there's you there's an exit, and that's it. Then you have to. Oh, so he's going to be another three kilometers on the highway because the oh next exit gosh, is Spadina. That will make the news tonight for sure. Whenever they... I don't, what's happening? I don't know. Wow, what, that's very the... dangerous. 
Was it the German team that like closed down the DVP during the Pan Am games because yeah. they were like, "Oh, this is a great highway. We're just going to train on this yeah. highway." And they're like, "Do do 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 do." A lot of like, pavement. And they started at like six thirty, so they're like, "Oh, there's no cars on this." And by seven thirty, people are like, um, "We use this to go to work. <laughs> What's going on here? Wow. Why are there twenty bicyclists on the highway?" Um, yeah, I, that's that's not good. That's that, very dangerous. That's super dangerous. I hope he's I'm okay. a little concerned for uh, his safety. That there's not a lot of space on that highway no it's a it's yeah for sure it's crazy it's probably the ugliest highway in toronto too as far as bumps and potholes and yeah yeah sorry i totally got off i got i was just got shocked there so there's a little aside for you toronto news Um, well it's thankfully we claim the show is always on topic and so this is just a terrible (laughs) thing that we went off topic on a bicycle you know bicycle cyclist on the gardner expressway put that in the show notes (laughs) i yeah i just hope it's good news and not bad news oh god i hope he did exit maybe he did i can't see the exit from here so i hope he's i hope he's gone anyways this might have been a bad idea yeah that's not good that's bad anyways um yeah we're downtown snobs and um that's sort of where I was going with that. But we love the country. We just don't like the forests of the world. Um, but we love Kentucky and Louisville, and we love that, you know, southern. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and there's um, something to be said. Like, I, honestly, like, whenever I go visit someone who lives, you know, in the suburbs, I'm like, man, look at all this space. Look at yeah. your – I can't hear anyone else. Like, this big backyard, just put my feet up. There's a pool. There's a barbecue. Like – People it's, have, like, long hallways linking rooms that I, I don't know. even know why they have so many rooms. They literally have rooms so that are just like, rooms. this is just a room. It's just a staged room. We don't we don't do anything here. Like, I, you know, I have, just, I have friends in, in uh, Northern City, and, like, literally, it's just like, this is their family room that they never use. Yeah. It's just, it Can you well imagine having that much space? <sighs> That's a luxury. That is a luxury. Every inch of this condo is occupied by something. Yeah, or someone. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like. It's um, like, yeah. Oh man, I don't know how I'm going to handle. It. So we're that that heel party. We've been talking about this heel party for so oh, long. Oh yes, podcast, the listeners it, are it's sick happening. of it. They're uh, like, we don't even oh. care about your stupid heel party anymore. It's happening. It's finally happening. Yes. I don't know how I'm going to fit everybody in the condo. Uh, might use the party room, in the condo building if I need to. Amazing. Um, but it is going to be. Uh, it's it's cool. I'm very excited. Are you gonna Are we gonna record it? Um, I don't. It think probably so. it's wouldn't big... be like. It probably wouldn't be. It would yeah. just be people walking by the recorder being like what the hell is that thing you know what maybe i'll set up a little mic somewhere in the like maybe like in in one of the room well i only have one bedroom so it probably in the bedroom maybe i'll set up a mic and i'll be like hey so if anybody wants to like talk about their whiskey for the oh, podcast yeah. that just go in and you can be you know you can record a few statements and by then you know by day three after i recover from this party i'll uh, listen to and see if there's anything there. that could be kind of hilarious you can <laughs> it be could fun. be it'd be like speaker's corner for those of you yes. who don't know what speaker's corner is it's a television show from the 90s i guess the 80s and 90s in toronto and you could just go into this little box and put in your loony and then you could just talk um and then you get on tv for the like you'd probably get yeah. on tv on um, city tv and um it was very cool, and it's going to be like having your own speaker's corner in, yeah. It could yeah, be pretty it's a, fun and controversial. You have to get that cork pop sound on cue. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, boom. Yeah. I, I, that's on copy and paste. Every time it's like copy and paste, copy and paste. <laughs> um, no, I, um, I'm, that, that's, that should be, that could be fun. I think that's, uh, that's uh, you know, um, because basically the whole idea is everybody's going to bring, uh, not everybody, but people will bring a, a bottle that's like, you know, a quarter to a fifth 
left in the bottle and uh, just kind of put in the center of the table. I, I realize the amount of people coming. I may do it in rounds because I'm kind of thinking that's a lot of drinking. So right. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like here's round one and have like right. put out like three to five whiskeys and then here's round two. Right. That would kind of control the pace. Yeah. Smart. And I could do some simple math of like, okay, how many drinks do we have? Da, 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 and making sure we all survive. Yeah, that's the, you know, that's the ideal is to survive the night. And uh, yeah, because there will be a lot of uh, ends of bottles there, which is, you know, I really can't think of a better way to finish off a bottle than to sort of share it with your friends. So I think it's going to be so, like so much fun. And yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited. And Jamie, it's all it's all your idea. You were like a heel party, and then I looked it online. I'm like, the f- last mention of the heel party on the internet was like 2009. Yeah, 2009. Yes. This is this is you. You've pretty much invented this idea at what? this point. Cause that's, well, I mean, I'm like pretty... 2009. Like the iPad didn't even exist in 2009. That's Whoa. like so long ago, technologically Whoa. wise. It's just like you've. It's it's like a you know it's like reinventing the wheels. What you've done. So I just like to have a, any excuse for a party, really. Like, it's more that I just want to hang out with my friends than, like, it's, I mean, it's it's a whole thing when you finish a bottle at home, right? Like, you, you have, like, a little moment of, like, mm-hmm. well, I guess depending on what kind of, like, if it's, you know, your Wild Turkey 81 that you can go pick up. But if you have, like, a, a bottle that you've, you know, grown to become friends with. And then, yeah. and then you you're about to finish the last of it. You you sort of want to like acknowledge it and be like, thank you for your for your time and your hospitality bottle of E. H. Taylor single barrel, um, yeah. and to to be able to um, you know have everyone gather around as you pour the last drop out. I think that's you know it's very respectful. Hundred <laughs> percent. It is. It is a whole thing. Um, it, it for me. For me, it's a big deal because um, a if it's a whiskey, I enjoy like damn. And yeah. b um, it's also um, you know I'm a big believer that the whiskey with that's empty it does start to change and start you kind of start yeah. losing some of that character. So for me, it's like okay, at this level, when do I just really just the this ball just to be gone in yeah. two weeks? Exactly. Um, so, um, but just kind of nice too. I guess for me, that's kind of a nice experience too. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to be dr- drinking my Lagavulin in 16 or yes. my Lafroy 18 or whatever. Like when some of my favorites, I'll I'll know this is okay for the over the next two weeks. I'll have like you know three or four drinks of this, yes. and that's great. Um, and so it's a nice way to po- polish off the bottle without you know. And still appreciating it. Um, yeah, it's tough. So um, it's, uh, of course, you know, Matt Mark, um, you know, has uh, been a producer of the show for our, some of our live episodes. Um, he um, He's always like, hey, so can I bring new bottles? I'm like, no, don't bring new bottles. He's missing the point of the heel party. <laughs> Matt, Matt just Mark, wants to drink, if you're just listening. To, he just wants to share whiskey. Just, no, he's just like, I, I know, it's, which is super lovely of him. He's very <laughs> he generous. So and actually, he let me finish his Taylor Barrel Proof off, which he is did. like, whoa. And you let me finish that Fourwood whoa so yes. i so i feel like everyone's so generous so i it's very nice to to have someone to have your final moment with a bottle that maybe you you might never see again with because yeah. i don't think you're gonna find any of that forward no that's gone right that is definitely gone yeah it's ah, too bad um yeah so that's um that's i think that's, that's it for the it. show that's it that's yeah. It. Um, so coming up, so we're gonna have. Uh, it's interesting. We're gonna do a couple of shows in November uh, that are gonna be a little off topic. We're gonna do a show about bitters, which I think is gonna be very, very interesting and very fun. Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna have some brand ambassadors on the show again, talking about Scotch and other whiskeys. So yeah, um, it'll be, be a good fun. month, November and December. 
uh, as well. And um, we get to talk about the holidays too, which will be super fun for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like I like the idea of doing like, what do you do with your the whiskey that you receive that you just don't like? What what's oh yeah, you know, beyond cocktail mixing. But if you're really serious about cocktails you probably won't want to pour that whiskey into a cocktail either. Right, right, exactly, ah. exactly. And speaking of cocktails, I will make one last plea for anyone who has a great old-fashioned story to tweet at me at Bourbon Thing and let me know where you found it and your the love story around it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and you can find us on whiskey.buzz. That's W-H-S-K-Y dot buzz. Um, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week.